to the Heat versus the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel Jacob. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very, um, I guess you could say, kind of a sad episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob. You can find me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. And with me always, I got some guests. First, we got Miami Flash PE. Say what's up to the people, Flash. Hello, Miami Clutch PE on Twitter. And then right after that, we got our female correspondent, Miss Angelina Martell. Say what's up to the people, Ange. Hey, what's going on, guys? You can follow me on Twitter at Angie Martell with two E's. You could also check out my new website called The Courtside View. Links in bio. Anyways, let's get right to it with this episode. So just in case you missed it, Miami was just swept by the Milwaukee Bucks. Four games to nothing. And I honestly don't know how to feel. Obviously, I know we had some high hopes in the um, playoff preview pod. You know, it's just very disappointing to see the season go down this way. Obviously, I'm going to ask you guys, Flash, and for your opinions, how you feel about all this. But first, I want to, like, read a tweet that I saw a couple of days ago. And I felt like this worded the heat perfectly. Someone tweeted out, this whole season has been like trying to start a broken down car. And just as you think it's about to work, it falls apart at the worst time. They're just waiting to be put out of their misery. Honestly, I don't see any lies in that tweet. So shout outs to Miami Heat Fan and Five for tweeting that. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's really been a trash year for the Heat looking at how inconsistent this team has been and all that. And for it to have ended with us getting swept in the playoffs, in the first round specifically, you know, it's just really upsetting. But, you know, I want to get to y'all now. So let's start with you, Flash. How do you feel about all this? Freaking terrible. First of all, like, I guess this is hashtag, like a, a recap slash lashing out kind of pod. So... I just want to like the first thing that came across my 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 feed right now is Maurice Hartley saying LOL. Screw you, dude. All right. Next. Moving on, because that dude doesn't even matter. He's a scrub. Um, Yeah, we lost. We had swept. Every single person on this team had a bad a bad series. The Our best player this series was Goron. And he played with heart till the end. I'll give him his props for that. He can't be the best player on this team. He can't be the second best player on this team. Tyler showed up for like half a quarter. And yeah, Duncan showed up for a great game one. After that, it kind of went downhill. He didn't play well. You know I love Duncan, but he just couldn't get there. He didn't play. He he was he was in foul trouble a lot of the time. And then you got um well the star, the "Quote unquote stars, like Bam, Bam has pissed me off to a whole nother level. I know 
people are going to come at me saying, yeah, you have to give Jimmy the same slack, the same slack for that. I do because he sucked too. You can't, dude, you can't say you're stupidly locked in and play off Jimmy, get a picture put out of you all sweaty with like big ass arms looking like, like bubble SpongeBob or whatever that episode was. And just pretend you're good, bro. Like, I don't freaking understand what you're doing. You played like crap. You had a triple double. It didn't even feel like it. And it was just a bad, bad series. I don't, I don't get what, what happened. I'm the biggest Duncan Stan. I've said this. I'm the biggest Spo apologist. Spo coached a terrible series. And just ban played like crap. I can't get over that. He just every mid-range shot he took today, he made. Not not everyone, but you know what I mean, most of them. So it was just awful, dude. Like he if he he just took them, I'd be I'd be okay with this. I'd be more okay with this. But dude didn't even look like he was trying out there. And I don't think that's on Spo. I think that's on Bam. Spo messed up in a lot, a lot, a lot of different situations, but not there. I think that's on Bam. Um yeah, we just played awful. I'm and it's just a, sh- a terrible way to end the season. And so what about you? As I'm sure every other Heat fan out there is, I am extremely disappointed and frustrated as to how we had to end this season. Not just the fact that we got swept, but it's just the fact that the players that we needed to show up the most didn't show up. Like Clutch said, Goran was like the best player on the court all four of these games. And it's just the fact that these star players like Bam and Jimmy and Tyler like say they're going to show out this playoff season and they contributed like literally nothing to this team. Well, let me rephrase that. Jimmy had a triple double this game, but like Clutch said, it didn't feel like it. I really did not even know Butler had a triple double until Eric Reed said something. And honestly, like just these past like three games, Butler and Bam were just non-existent defense or offensively. So it was just like, you wonder why or wonder how like it comes down to this to these types of things because Butler says, "Oh, I'm stupidly lo- stupidly locked in." Yeah, in the off season. So honestly, like if you if you say that you're stupidly locked in for your team and you're gonna fight till the end and you like, what's the word I'm looking for? Not pledge, but it's like something other. It's like it's it's a word like pledge, but I just can't think of it right now. You like pledge to lead your team to go far in the playoffs and you get swept in the first round. What does that make you look like? You know, like you just, you didn't lie to our franchise because obviously you wouldn't have known that it was going to be this bad of a series, but you just gave us false hope is what I'm trying to say. And same thing with Bam. He didn't make any claims that like, oh, we're going to go far this season. We're going to make it back to the finals like we did last season. But, you know, to be a, to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year for as long as he was, and to put up all of these stats against these star players, you'd think that against Milwaukee's star defenders and players like Giannis, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, DiVincenzo, who's now out for the rest of the playoffs, um, Drew Holiday, you'd think that they'd be more intimidated and he'd think he'd have a better like shot at stopping them offensively and defensively. But clearly that was not the case. He did not show up for games one through three, in my opinion. And he showed up, of course, of course he shows up when it matters, but I guess it just didn't matter this season, clearly, because it contributed contributed nothing. 
because essentially we lost by 10 or 15 plus points. I forget how much we lost by because I'm that like, I'm trying to forget it that much, but we lost by 10 or more points games two through four. The only good game we had was game one. And I really thought that the rest of these games were going to be similar to game one, keeping it close and just keeping it like really exciting to watch and not so much stressful. And it's just the fact that we went out the way we did, considering what we did last season in the playoffs against Milwaukee is just a big like slap in the face. And it's just, it's extremely upsetting that a team with so much potential came up short like this. Like we, we could have at least taken it to five games. I really thought this was going to be the game that we could take to five games, but we had a third quarter and get ahead of ourselves in the second half and just forget how to play basketball. If we go off on a tangent in the first half, but that's none of my business. But yeah, I'm done ranting. I'm sorry. I've already talked for like five minutes. So I'm just going to let Joel take the floor. Yeah. Um, you know, everything y'all said was 100%. You know, one thing that sucks is like, I was honestly really hoping we'd play the Hawks or the Knicks. I think, you know, we've opened up about that a couple of times before the playoffs started in these pods. And, you know, it sucks because, you know, if we had just simply won one of these games that we ended up losing, you know, we just choked up, we could have probably played one of those two teams. So it's definitely devastating to see, you know, and, you know, now there's just a lot of questions that need to be answered for the offseason. You know, one thing that I know a lot of Pete fans have brought up is that the Heat getting swept most likely opens up the idea that Pat Riley's about to hop in and just clean house, you know. But with all this in mind, you know, I want to talk to you guys about what does this offseason look like? What decisions do you think the Heat are going to make? And what are the potential additions you think this team brings to potentially try to compete for a championship next year? We'll start off with you, Ange, this time. So one thing that I really feel that Miami needs to work extremely hard on is defense because our only real defenders out there are Deadman, sometimes Jimmy, Bam, and Ariza. That's about it. And occasionally Duncan, but that's besides the point. A traffic cone can play de- better defense than Tyler Hero, and that says a lot considering like the way he plays on offense. You'd think he could play this at least similar defense, but he just... Of course he cares, but it's just like it it seems like he doesn't seem to care defensively because he just lets a wide open shot just blow right past him. He like watches it go in basically, which is not okay. And um I'm hoping if we could potentially pick somebody up, I'm really pushing for DeRozan and Lowry because DeRozan's just been put out of his misery in South and I mean South shit, San Antonio, and so we need to get him out of there. I've seen a lot of people talking about Kawhi, but that's just like if the Clippers get swept just like us, then Kawhi is not going to be happy. Um, but yeah, DeRozan, I'd hope, I'm hoping we can pick up Lowry in the free agency. Free agency is on my birthday next season, so I'm hoping we get somebody good as a birthday present. So um, yeah, DeRozan, Lowry, or Kawhi. So that's my personal opinion. Flash, what about you? Okay, so I just looked up the free agency chart. We have five players under contract next year. That's Jimmy, Bam, Tyler, Precious, and KZ. So that means you've got this is a very long list of free agents for the Heat. 
Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Dwayne Dedman, Kendrick Nunn, Udonis Haslam, Nemanja Vialica, Trevor Arisa, Andre Iguodala, Goran Dragic, and Victor Oladipo. So, out of the, that entire list that I just read to you, I'm keeping two of those guys. Dedman and Dragic. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, three of those guys. And none. <laughs> no. No. Dedman, Dragic, and Duncan. Oh, I. Oh, my bad. I didn't hear Duncan. Yeah. I'm like. Yeah, I'm like. Sorry, I'm like not in zone right now. But. Yeah, you're. You're. Fine. He's a free agent, so. I'm keeping Duncan, and the only way I am. For sure, you're paying him. If you want to talk about sign and trade, because if it gets you a star, uh, we can talk about it. But I don't see a star popping up like that. So I'm keeping Duncan. I'm signing Dragic to hopefully what I think should be the biannual exception, which is $3.5 million. So... Considering we gave him 19, and I think we gave him 19 basically just to take care of him so he knows that we're, we got him. So give him that. And then uh, Deadman, you can probably give him some, some mid-level exception money because I don't think he'll take a minimum. And he's worth keeping around. So, yeah, I think – I don't know if Udonis comes back. I take him – I'm gladly take him back. I'm not one of those weirdos that – think he contributes nothing because he he does um if he does he's going to take a vet min we already know that everybody else and read the list again of everybody else that i didn't just mention gave vincent max Struess, kendrick nunn bielitsa ariza iguodala and depot they can go all of them except depot if he can take a lot less money because he's not even going to play the first half of the year they can all go this is, I don't, you're not sending the team into a rebuild, but you are, you're probably going to try to retool a hell of a lot. Meaning you look at the, like Angie said, the DeRozans of the world, the the Lowry's of the world, the, Kawhi. well, maybe they, the Clippers won one game. So we don't, we don't know what Kawhi's thought process is because he's, he's, Let's be honest, he's a weird individual, so we don't know what he's thinking. Uh, but other than that, you, John Collins is an option, I guess. I look, you forgot a, about him. <laughs> he's going to be a restricted free agent, so you have to pay him an amount of money that makes Atlanta not want to match the salary. That, yeah, so I don't, I find that very unlikely. Um, Brian, who's out there for that does the pod with us sometimes. I know he's gonna love this. Lonzo is available. Uh so yeah, like I don't know what Miami's gonna do, but I know they're gonna do something because the sweep is not gonna sit right with Pat Riley. And it's not gonna sit right with Jimmy. Jimmy's all this talk about Jimmy requesting out. Jimmy just played a terrible series, and he's a, one of the reasons why we lost. Him opting out of this. And asking for a trade would be the softest move in NBA history, and and I I know I know for a fact Jimmy's not soft. So let's 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 kill that right now. So I I don't think Jimmy's gonna gonna take the front office being lazy and just re-signing people again. I don't think Pat Riley's gonna take that, and I don't think Eric Spolstra should take that. I, I'm severely disappointed in Spolstra. I said this earlier in this pod, so I 
I hope he adjusts. He learns to adjust, and and we'll see what product what Miami brings to the table next season. Yeah, that's that's all I got for that. Going off what you said about Haslam and Iguodala, considering their age, I doubt they're returning next season. Maybe Iggy if he's feeling a little bold, but yeah, that would make him retire. I'm yeah. Sick of that guy. Oh, oh wow. Anyways, um, yeah, I I see Haslam sticking around on the team, only being an assistant coach. He's getting his his name hung up in the rafters. I don't even have to like debate that because it's obvious. Um, but yeah, Iguodala, Dragic. I mean, not Dragic. Haslam. It's sad because knowing this could potentially be their last season, and to see the Heat go out the way they did with a sweep, that's not a really great way to end your last potential last season in the NBA, let alone on the Heat. So that's just what I had to say. Yeah, Dragic isn't retiring, though. Yeah, I know. I didn't mean to say Dragic. He's only 34, Uh, but... Yeah, he's not retiring. Um, He's a very... He can't be our third best player on the team anymore. No. But he's a very good... An excellent, actually. An excellent role player. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't think you're going to find anybody else... In free agency, that assuming that he's going to take less, because I really truly do think so. Anybody else in free agency that can give you what Goran gives you for that amount of money, which is going to be a low amount if my estimation is correct. So I don't think you're going to find a better player, even if he's 34, even if he's going to deal with injuries during the season and, and just show up for the playoffs. That's fine. Because in this little plan that I'm concocting, like out here, it's uh, we're, we're assuming that we're going to get a better players. So I think Dragic is going to be a big part of the, what the Heat do, I think. And I think Jimmy wants to get Dragic that ring. I think Jimmy loves Goron a lot, and I don't think he's even going to let him walk. And then another – just one thing I want to bring up real quick. It's about Tyler Hero because one thing that's interesting is that you know, I feel like Miami might potentially look at trade options with them. So I need That's to ask okay. You guys. <laughs> so That's I okay. Ask, I want to, like, ask you guys, Um, you know, when you look at potential trade targets, you know, trade destinations for a hero, is there anything you see out there and you think that there's a chance that maybe hero gets sent to whatever team for a certain asset? Like, what comes into mind for you guys? Yeah, there, there's nobody available right now. Uh, as much as I'm okay with trading Tyler, because I am, we can't just trade him for nothing. We're not just because we're mad at him because he put up a abysmal playoff performance and can't play defense to save his life. We can't just send him out for a second round pick or even a first round pick just and just leave it at that. You you try to find the best offer. You, you if you get, if you can get a star or a person that's been an all star before. You make the trade. You send Hero on his way because Hero has proven that he's too inconsistent. And he's he might be a really good player in the league. He might be a really, really, really good NBA player eventually. But we're trying to win now. That's what Miami's always done. They win now. And we can't just wait around for Tyler to decide to be good and decide to improve. Dude, you got your you got your your face on a cereal box. You dating an Instagram model that you probably knocked up because I've seen those pictures. And then you got, and what else did you? You got a song I named after you. You got all. You got this big ass head, which part of it I think is part of is Miami's fault, 
because Miami marketed the hell out of him and they marketed him more than they marketed Bam and they marketed Jimmy, at least in the beginning. So I think Miami just did a really poor job there. And I think Hero, kid from Wisconsin, comes down to South Beach and then and does what he does. He he ends up with tattoos, an Instagram model girlfriend, and his own cereal. So I I would trade him if the right trade comes along. I'm not going to trade him for the sake of trading him. And then let's see. And then you also have other things to worry about. Let's see. So we talked about Lowry. We talked about DeRozan. You know, we've looked at some of the names out there. So let's look at it this way. We know the potential names that could come in. Like, who else do we think could most likely have played their last game in Miami? I know one person that we've slightly brought up is Kendrick Nunn. To those who didn't hear, uh, Kendrick Nunn is expected to make apparently $15 million in the market. This is likely, not with the Heat, of course, but... He better have fun in Sacramento. Yeah. Like Reunited the, with Mo and... Oh, well, Chris Silva, they released him. Never mind, but... Like, one of these teams, you know, I, I think they'll probably give him the bag. And it's probably expected because there are some desperate teams out there. And then let's see. What other what other players are expected to make big money this year? I've, I mean, the obvious yeah. one is Duncan. Yeah. He's worth at least $20 million Or... Yeah, is that reasonable? You gotta you gotta compare him to Joe Harris. Joe Harris yeah. for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, he's a a forty percent shooter, knocks knockdown shooter, who's an improving defensive player. Um, I'd say eighteen to twenty is probably what he's gonna look for. If he really feels like he owes Miami, I could see him knocking it down to fifteen. Mm-hmm. But if he really really wants to chase the bag, and I do not blame him for it, he's a he's a record breaking player. Like that, this is a fact. It's not me riding the the wagon. He, it is a fact. He is a record breaking player in the NBA. I think he should get that money if he wants to get that money. And Miami's not going to give it to him. Go out there and get it. But I think Miami would be kind of dumb to let go of him, considering he's most of their offense in the regular season. So yeah, yeah. The fact that he was able to reach five hundred threes before Steph Curry really says something about his game. So I'll leave it at that. And then also, like, you know, when you – and that's a great comparison with Joe Harris because uh, Duncan's also been improving on his defense as well, which has been great to see. You know, I remember, you know, since this is a bit of a recap pod, uh, you know, I remember everyone was talking about when he was clamping up. I think it was Ben Simmons, if I'm correct. And everybody- oh, fun times. <laughs> the funny part is that was like two weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, and it feels like it's a year ago. I don't. It's it's crazy when you look at how fast things have went because literally less than a year ago we were two wins away from a title, and here we are. But that's aside from the point. You know, Duncan Robinson. If I have to make a guess, he's either getting between seventy to eighty million. I think that's a reasonable amount for a shooter like him. So there's that. And then let's see. And then another question I want to ask you guys is what are the big needs that need to be filled for this team moving forward? And we'll start off with you, Claude, uh, Flash. Point guard. 
like a true true point guard like Drogic I've already said this he's he is a true point guard but he's an aging point guard and a point guard like I said he can't be a third option on the team anymore he just needs to be a good role player but I think point guard is a big need to take a little bit off off of Jimmy and Bam and actually I think a, a true point guard would benefit Bam a lot so yeah point guard Obviously, we're going to look at big man this year uh, because I don't think just re-signing Deadman is going to cut it. We got destroyed on the boards in this bug series. So I think that I think the biggest positions are probably going to be point guard and center or point guard and power forward, whichever way Miami wants to do it because they've also had a really big hole in the four position. And by starting Ariza, who did good in the regular season, he did what he was supposed to do, but he's just not a long-term solution. He's like 35 and he's not that big in terms of weight. So, so yeah, I think those are the two, two biggest spots, big men and point guard. And then what about you, Ange? What are some needs you think this team needs to address? Position-wise, like Flash said, center and point guard, we can't just have Deadman and Bam be our two dependable centers. We need to have backups in case both, for some reason, cannot play because we can't just have... Who else would be? Who else would play? I mean, Bill is just tall, but he's a forward, so... But um, I don't. I don't think he's coming back because, especially after the comments he made last game, where he was like, "I can help this team," and he looked kind of frustrated that Miami doesn't use him. So did Homeboy even play in the first round? He played last game. Yeah, oh. game three. Oh, yeah, and he did play in game three, and he he played pretty good. But that's besides the point. Yeah, but um, yeah, position wise, center and point guard, but like player wise, or like um. I don't know how to, like, I don't know the terminology for it, but, like, on the court, we need defense. And I said that earlier. Defense, for a team that is supposed to stress defense, we sure don't stress that enough. Of course, we have Bam and Deadman doing the work and sometimes Robinson and Jimmy. We need to have a solid defensive lineup. So far, it would be Bam, Iguodala, but he's not going to be around for much longer. Deadman, Ariza, and Jimmy. Like, that's good. I'm not taking anything away from that. But I feel like we just need some, like, other players need to de- learn how to develop some sort of defense. Like I said, Tyler Hero plays absolutely zero defense. Um, who else? Kendrick Nunn. His height, it's not a liability, but it's more of a disadvantage, you know, him being on the shorter side. So he does good. He does good on defense, though. But I feel like there could be a couple things that he could potentially, like, need to work on. And Precious, he needs help offensively and defensively. I don't know why I just brought up his name, but that's just a player that came to mind when I thought defense. But, yeah, that's about it. That's what I have to say. I mean, yeah, in terms of Precious, the Summer League is going to help him a lot. Yeah, uh, def- he didn't it, get he didn't get the summer league and training like every other rookie. Yeah, in the offseason, and KZ so, too because yeah. we expected KZ to do more, but he didn't get that little extra offseason work, and that would probably benefit him. So yeah, we're we're hoping that the offseason works wonders for for KZ and Precious. I mean, KZ. I think what happened with KZ was that he popped off in preseason. I think that one game. I, I think it, I don't think it was against New Orleans, but I forget who it was against. So he dropped like thirty, so that was a great game for him. But I feel like that really like spiked his hopes or spiked our hopes at least. So because we expected a lot much, 
like a lot more from him on defense and him shooting threes he can barely make either so or like he can barely perform either so anyways but yeah great points by both of you guys on that and then another question that i want to ask is because i don't want to end this on a down note because there were some good moments looking back at this season so I want to ask you guys, like, let's let's go down memory lane real quick. You know, is there anything that you want to look back on this season? Something that gives you hope as we get ready for the off season and get ready for this 2021-22 season? We'll start with you, Ange. So I just want to start off. There's like a sequence of events, but it's not going to be too long. So first of all, I'm sure every Heat fan's favorite moment was Bam's game winner versus the Brooklyn Nets. That was surely an iconic and memorable one. But I feel like the one that really stands out to me besides that one is the fact that Jimmy Butler was out with COVID for two weeks, lost about 12 to 15 pounds in the process, came back and had three consecutive triple doubles in five games and really showed him, I mean, showed us like what he's really made of and what he's, what he can bring to this team and what he's able to prove. And I forget. Did we go on a six-game winning streak sometime this season? I forget how long it was, but I know it was pretty yeah, long. Yeah, we did. I think so. Yeah, so that was pretty fun. Just being constantly, like, constantly winning and such. And yeah, just like that Philly game where Haslam got ejected after getting into a little tussle with Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, you're still a bum. I don't care what Sixers fan listens to this podcast. Dwight Howard's a bum. Tries to pick fights with our bench. I understand you're a bench player too, but that doesn't mean you have to come after our bench too leave your problems out of ours anyways. But um, yeah, those are my favorite moments personally. I'm pretty sure I left out a couple, but those are the ones that are most memorable to me. You just brought back my all-time favorite moment. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned it last. Uh, the, the three minutes of basketball that Udonis Haslam gave us was the best three went minutes. Went 100 from the season. field, got like, I forget how many rebounds he got, but he went 100 from the field and got ejected in his first and last game this season. Yeah. What a king. Had, what a king. He had the most heat culture type of three minutes that any player has had this season. He played harder than any player played in the in these playoffs. And I, I think it's crazy what he did. And it's awesome. He's and that's why I don't mind having him back. If you look if you look at how much he loves this, you would understand why he's good for this team. You saw him during the timeout when everybody else gave up. He, he threw a chair. This game I'm talking about, I'm talking about a couple, like less than an hour ago. He threw yeah. a chair. He was mad. He was still on everybody. And the team just gave up. But he didn't give up. He tried to light a fire under the team. If the team didn't want to light a fire under themselves, that's their problem. UD did his part. UD will keep doing his part. And I, I, I think either if he retires or not, he's going to end up being a part of the Heat organization in, in some capacity because going out on a sweep is not how UD roll. Yeah, and another thing I want to bring up before Joel or Clutch or Flash make another point. Well, to the people that are like, oh, UD's like 80 years old. What is he still doing on this team? Just because he doesn't contribute something on the court does not mean he doesn't contribute something off the court. Obviously, he makes a big impact to the players that do play on the court and are still like in the, like not, not I'm not calling UD relevant. I was gonna say to the, um, the players relevant on this team, but that let me scratch that off because UD is extremely relevant. So, but yeah, just like don't underestimate the OG. He's been with us since like not the beginning, but like he this man hasn't left Miami. 
let alone Florida in general. This man is true to Miami. He is the definition of heat culture. Do not underestimate Udonis Haslam. That's all I had to say. If there's one person in the entire heat history that's more heat culture than Dwayne Wade is Udonis Haslam. Yep, exactly. And you gotta you gotta respect the OG. That you nailed it right on the head there. Thank you. And then great point too. I mean, I'll, I'm always gonna treasure if UD does end up retiring. I honestly hope not. The dude can be 60 and still be a player for us, and I'd be 100 percent fine with that. You know, for him to have done what he did in that game against Philly, you know, that was legendary. I honestly wish he played a couple minutes in this final Bucks game. It would have been nice to see him try to, you know, um, what was it? I guess sort of exchange words with Giannis or Middleton or someone like that. But it is what it is. And then let's see. I mean, if we're trying to look at all the memories, you know, a couple ones that I want to look at with Jimmy you know I remember it was the game against Orlando there was the game where he um did the jump ball and he was so happy after he won it like I've never seen anyone celebrate a jump ball like that in the middle of a game like if it was around the end maybe and you're trying to like get it to help your team win because it's like down to the wire but now it's in the middle of the game bro is celebrating a simple jump ball win that was by far one of the most probably one of the funniest things I've seen this year and then you know you can't forget the Bam and Jimmy post-game interviews you can't forget that (laughs) like when you just see them interacting like that during post-game like you just know like they're 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 well meant for each other you know I don't know why but they kind of remind me of like a type of comedy pair you'd see in a tv show like, you got Jimmy, who's, like, he don't really care about stuff too much. But then you got Bam, who's just really excited. Like, I remember that Lakers post-game interview. Like, Jimmy's just trying to talk. And then Bam is over there just repeating what he's saying. And then they're like, oh, is, J- is Bam trying to hop in the interview? And then he just hops off just like that. He's like, no, nah, I'm out. I remember that one. That was funny. <laughs> And then there's the one with Jax where Jax is like, hey, can you tell Bam I said hello, please? And Jimmy's like, uh, Jax said, get the hell up the screen. Jax said, get the hell up the screen. I, that was my favorite one. That's like That that seems like something Jimmy would do. So I wasn't surprised. And, you know, I'm, I mean, one thing that I do want to say, though, like I know we're trying to go with good vibes right now. It does kind of suck that we did lose this game because to those who don't know, um, the American Airlines Arena, they've played their final game. You know, now we're, what, what's the name called? It's like... The FTX Arena. FTX. Okay. So, yeah. The FTX Arena. And it just kind of sucks because, you know, obviously the AAA has been around for everything. And although we're playing in the same arena, you know, it just won't feel the same. You know, there's that. And then, of, of course, this year, some people might not care, but still something I want to bring up. The fact that Fox Sports is now Bally Sports, that kind of got under my skin for some time. <laughs> Man, the intro music doesn't hit the same. <laughs> Bro, I look forward to that before I watch a game, and now it's like, it doesn't hit the same. I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> nah, for real. Like, it really doesn't, you know? So there, there's been a lot to happen this season. You know, now we look into the future 
And we've already talked about the stuff that the Heat need to address. And, you know, as we get ready to, um, what is it? Just pray for the best because we honestly don't know what to expect. You know, we talk about, you know, we we, we talked about Kawhi Little because obviously we don't know what the heck is going to happen there. You know, as Flash said, he's kind of a weird dude, you know. Obviously, as any Heat fan, I hope the dude ends up in Miami. But, you know, it's not obviously something I want to make a whole movement for, at least not now. Let's see if Dallas can finish the series. But, you know, if we could get Kawhi, that would be cool. And I know people have hyped up the idea of getting DeRozan and Lowry. You know, I'd be interested in that. I'd be willing to give that a shot. And then there's then the questions regarding Oladipo because obviously the expectation is that you give him the Emily and then, you know, something like that. And then he's not expected to come back till November. So that looks like the scenario. You know, there's a lot of questions that definitely need to be answered. And let's just see how Pat Riley responds, you know. Like I said earlier, a lot of people were... When they, when they felt that a sweep could happen, they saw this and thought, you know, maybe Pat Riley's about to step up and realize we got to make a whole lot of moves in order to get better. So trust in the Godfather and let's just see what happens. And the question that I want to ask you guys is, you know, as we get ready for this offseason and everything... Do you feel confident that heading into this upcoming season, we're going to see the changes needed? Or are you kind of on the edge right now? I mean, you'd hope so coming off of a season like this and the fact that you got swept to the team you nearly swept last season. You know, I feel like Pat Riley in the front office is very big on stuff like that. Like they're like, they're most, they're not going to let this happen again. And so they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that it doesn't. So I really, I really believe and hope that they're going to have a good mentality going into this off season, thinking that we can potentially pick up great defended um, defensive and offensive players so I have faith in the front office. I have faith in Pat Riley. I trust them. So that's clutch. You can go. Pat Pat Riley's a champion. He's a winner. He's a multi-time champion at that. He's a surefire Hall of Famer. If he isn't, I, I don't know how that – I don't think he is yet because he's still active, but I don't know how that works. Anyways, he's a winner. He's a champion. He's a legend. I don't think getting swept in the first round is just going to sit right with him. I am 110% sure that big changes are coming. And to be honest, I don't want to be weird about it, but changes that we might not expect either. So I know what Pat Riley's like. I've seen him make the changes necessary, clear the books, talk to the guys that are interested in coming and getting it done. I think Riley isn't going to let this slide. He he sees too much potential in this Jimmy timeline because I think Jimmy can still be great. He he can be the best player on the team that wins a championship. He just can't be the best scorer on the team that wins a championship. So I think you look for that score. I think he's going to get it done and I think it's going to it's going to eventually work out so the next season we're not in the same situation. Mm-hmm. Good points by both of you guys. 
And then it seems almost time to close it out. I do got some stuff I want to say, but before I say it, is there any um, closing remarks from you guys? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Um, I know we're all we're all upset about how the Heat played, and they did play terrible, and they played awful, and it's going to take me a while to get over it. But don't let this distract anybody from the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks played a great series. And I'm going to give them their credit because they played it. They got destroyed by us last year. They made the adjustments and they played great. They got better. We did not. So I I, I, I couldn't end this without giving Milwaukee their necessary props because they played good. And I'll be rooting for them because they, they're building something that's that's looking very good for them. Yeah, I agree. And I just want to like... Because I don't know if this is going to be the last episode for a while, but it most likely is. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who's tuned in. and Thank you to everybody who's hopped on this pod, whether it be special guests, people from our group chat. And just thank you to Joel for giving me this opportunity, because without this, I don't know where I'd be as to where, like, my website, all of these different opportunities I've had, and just meeting all these different people. So thank you to Joel, and thank you to the fans, and thank you to the group chat for giving me a lot of different memories and just helping me make a lot of friends, considering I'm newly new to Twitter. So I appreciate it. And we'll definitely be back. Yeah, don't don't get it twisted. We will be back, just not right now. We'll be back, <laughs> probably, hopefully around free agency, right, Joel? Yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, but yeah, quick thing about what Flash said. I also want to say, um, GG to the Bucks, good game. Uh, best of luck to them in the playoffs because you know they definitely made the improvements. So shout outs to them. You know they got a tough series ahead of them when they play the um Nets. So let's see what happens in the playoffs with them. And then also to go off on what Angie said. Uh, I just want to come out, you know, real quick, say that with the season coming to an end, you know, not only is it time for the Heat's offseason, but now it's the Heat versus the World's offseason as well. You know, and before we close it out, as this is kind of like our season finale, I guess you could say for the pod, I just want to say thank you to all the fans out there. You know, the support has been crazy you know, it means a lot considering the fact that we started this like this past December and seeing how excited some of you guys would get to hear our pods and all that, to hear us all say what we got to say, it means the world. So thank you all for the support. And I can't wait when we do a next pod in the future and just keep that support going. You know, I haven't really had a chance in the pod to really come out here and say all that. So just once again, thank you. I also want to say thank you to um, Ethan Skolnick and Five Reasons for giving us this opportunity to air our pod on their um, YouTube channel. Um, This opportunity has meant a lot to us, and God bless them. And then also to all the very special guests we've had. You know, I never thought that I'd speak to some of the people that we've spoken to. You know, um, you know, kind of a controversial pod. We had a Heat player on. Uh, then we had, um, who, who else? We had Jason Jackson. That was a fun one. Heat legend Norris Cole. Uh, let's see, who else? Tony Fiorentino, Eric yep. Reed, Michael Biamonte, the voice of the Heat. 
Yep, and then also then some other names like Will Manso Clay Ferrero from Channel Ten here in South Florida. Also great people to have had on. Brendan Tobin on seven ninety the ticket. <laughs> yep, a lot of a lot of big names, you know, and shout outs to all of them, all of the guests we've had. And also a big shout out to the Heat versus the World team members. Obviously we got two on here with Miami Flash PE. And then, um, and, you know, big shout outs to them. And then also to our team members who aren't here as well. Um, we got Brian Young. Uh, you have um, Jules, Hoodie Jules, uh, J-Talk. Uh, who else? Jimmy um, Buckets. Yeah, Jimmy Buckets. Jake Wild. Yep. Like, we got a whole lot of people to thank from there as well. I believe we said all of them, correct? I don't think I forgot. Yeah, I think Yeah. Yeah, we got everybody. All right, but so yeah, shout outs to them as well. Like y'all don't really understand. Like we really as a team, you know, come together. You know, for us to do what we're doing, you know, recording the pods, it's been fun. So shout outs to all the Heat vs. the World members. And I can't wait to run it back with y'all for this upcoming season. You know, hopefully it won't be like the heat and it'll go bad. You know, this will go 100% perfect. So I can't wait for that. And then also shout outs to Jules and Ange for making the um, thumbnails. Um, To those who watch the videos on Five Reasons Sports Network, um, you've seen the um, flashy um, thumbnails and everything. And that's been done by um, Jules and Ange. So make sure... To, um, check those out whenever you see the video you'll probably see a flashy thumbnail for this vid as well and then also shouts to Ange for making the new um topic cards for the pod and all that much appreciated and thank also, you thank you shout outs to their website by the way to those oh thank you earlier um there's their new website the csview.weebly.com Make sure to check that out. You can also catch the latest episodes of the Heat vs. the World podcast. So make sure to check it out. They got a whole lot of great content to look at. And with all that being said, you know, bigger things are ahead. So stay tuned. You know, so with that being said, um, I feel like we've said everything that we've needed to say. So thank you guys for all the support, you know, throughout this adventure we've been on. And we'll see you guys again very soon. So thank you for listening to this season finale of the Heat vs. the World podcast. And we'll see you guys again, hopefully very, very soon with another episode. And with that being said, we're out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.